Kiara and I acknowledge that we are currently on Gadigal land. Sovereignty was never ceded. On today's episode of N2BC, we will be delving into sensitive content with discussions surrounding depression, suicide, anxiety and grief. If you or someone you love requires assistance, contact Lifeline Australia at 13 11 14. Once again, that is 131114. This is a free 24-hour service. Furthermore, the views expressed in this episode are of our own and do not represent any institution or organisations we may be in affiliation with. Thank you for listening. Alrighty, welcome back everyone. We are going to dive right into a check-in, so wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, just stop and take a moment to reflect on how you're feeling right now, reflect on your week, just the day, how it's been. Everything is so fast-paced nowadays that we never take the time. So how are you feeling, Tiara? How's your week been? Tell me all about it. Tell us all about it. Um, um, I've literally just had uni no actually no I've been had work and I'm like waiting for uni to start um, yes you're Sydney moving to my uni on Monday yay that was it was a really quick jump but um yeah I'm coming back to UC so I'm a bit nervous um I'm both nervous very ner- like shitting this episode sorry swear word but I'm shitting it a little bit how about you how are you feeling um I am good why are you shitting yourself about UCID? Oh, no. Um, no, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just new place, new environment. Yeah. And yeah, but I mean, we're literally in lockdown probably for the next two months. So I'm not nervous about, um, actually, I'm not, ner- actually, uh, let me retract, I retract that. I'm not nervous about going to use it. I'm nervous about making this episode. How are you? Oh, okay. Such a mood. I am really, really nervous about this episode as well. Um, I feel like I just want to make clear that how I'm feeling right now, how Tiara is feeling right now, is not how we're feeling all the time, right? Like, we all have our highs and our lows and our in-betweens. So if we're really sad in this episode, that doesn't mean we're, like, sad people or that, you know, we're not doing okay. Um, Like, luckily enough, we both, I would say, we have great support networks out there that we can reach out to. Um, So, yeah, we we just want to make that clear. Please don't worry about us or anything. We're fine um well you know as fun as can be but we'll get to that um but yes (laughs) all right so I have a little fun question for you Vasha um Mm -hmm. what's your favorite song to listen to when you're sad oh my gosh oh where's my love by SYML it's just beautifully heartbreaking like in I just, I'm not a big, like, sad, oh, no, actually, you know what? I listen to Olivia O'Brien. It's a mix of, it's either that song from SYML or Olivia O'Brien, because she just goes full-on, like, emo, and Oh, she's full-on emo, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I love her music. I think she's phenomenal. So, yes, in case you're looking for a music recommendation. Um, what about you? Yes, Olivia O'Brien. Um, uh, see, okay, the, the, like, mainstream in me would say the night we met by lord huron I oh think yes say it, lord huron such mm. a good song um, oh beautiful and the like when i'm sad in and like brown people sad i'm like oh Carl <laughs> Hornaho, dead set like oh the movie gosh. i've watched it hundreds of times and it still makes me cry like i watched it and i was like cry tears just straight tears Jeez, the song okay. the title track tears no That's but okay 
Now, Tiara is built different, and I think everyone needs to know this, because she will just, like, start watching sad Bollywood movies. Out of nowhere, I called her the other day, and I was like, what are you up to? And she said, I'm just watching Call Honoho. And, like, you know, sometimes I just like to watch Sally Bo- Sal- but, but, but Sometimes I just like to watch sad Bollywood movies. And I'm like, why? And, like, cry. Like, I think, no, I think I was, like, crying. This sounds very weird to admit on a podcast, but I was, like, halfway through crying. And you called, and I was like, I think I have to answer this. Because it's just such a sad movie, bro. Like, I can't. Bollywood movies make me feel a certain way. Like, I need to watch an episode of Big Bang Theory as soon as I finish a Bollywood movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I, I just can't deal with those emotions. It's too much. Yeah, listen, I get that. It's, like, it's just really sad. It really is. And, like, the music, uh, just all of it. Anyways, mm. we digress. We do digress. So we're talking all about mental health. And when I say all about, I guess this is going to have more of a significant focus on, obviously, like, a few like mental health issues and aspects we can't cover every single like mental health disorder or anything like that and also we simply haven't experienced every single one so we're not representing that um please like please don't feel invalidated if we don't talk about a certain illness or anything like that yes I know lots of disclaimers it's time but it's a hard topic yeah it's a very it's a hard thing to talk about in the sense that Vash and I are going to be really vulnerable this episode and probably say things that my like our own families don't even know so it's going to be yeah that's why we're putting a lot of disclaimers so sorry and if you're my family or friends please stop listening (laughs) no I'm joking yeah just stop here (laughs) just stop here um so we're both gonna give you a little bit of a timeline of our mental health right (laughs) oh gosh I feel like I haven't even unpacked this and here I am unpacking it on a freaking podcast neither have I but it's fine (laughs) we're here (laughs) um okay so probably when I was in year six so like when I was about 12 um I struggled a lot with like anxiety and anorexia so those are like my I guess like a couple of things that I've personally dealt with I'm not really gonna go into my eating disorder in this episode purely because I feel like we could do a whole nother episode on like body image, body dysmorphia, etc, etc. So I'm going to keep it focused on my anxiety and like that sort of thing. But a lot of it did stem, I guess, from my eating disorder. And they're, you know, they intersect quite a lot. But a lot of it stemmed around food. And then also like things like grades for me was a really big thing at school. I think a lot of us, we put our self-worth in our grades. And that makes us quite anxious and makes it quite difficult. And then... I think over time, it kind of built up and built up throughout high school. And then by year, by year 11, I would say, was quite a mess. I think even by year 9 and 10, just like, it's like self-worth was something that I definitely did struggle with. Um, I guess feelings of questioning your self-worth and like how much you mean and your value and like those sorts of things where I guess those years are also known as your like angsty teens phase but I definitely think there's a line where it's just I feel a bit shit and like I am really not feeling okay and like I need support and I need help. Lucky enough to have an amazing support network, a family who was really really caring, like being able to talk these things through at one point with mum was quite good. Um, so very, very grateful for that. And I know how privileged I am. Um, but anxiety is still something that I struggle with day to day. Um, and I would say like th- things like school make it a lot more difficult. But yeah, for me, it's mainly anxiety. And I guess just, you know, dealing with like toxic productivity and all of that is quite hard. 
and for me anxiety manifests in like both a mental and a physical way so like I guess it like physically drains me but then also mentally as well um and I guess that's a little bit about my mental history. And let me talk to my GP about this now. I feel like, you know how you go to the GP and they print you out a report about all your history? I feel like yeah. I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that, that's a little bit about me, I guess. Tiara, should I pass it over to you? Okay, this is going to be really weird mm-hmm. for you to talk about. I haven't really spoken about this publicly. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Like, I had a very, um, in terms of... Um, family and all that stuff like I have a beautiful family and I didn't really I grew up with heaps heaps of like medical issues so I used to have very 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 bad epilepsy and I was put on like every medication epilepsy medication you could think of Tegretol, Keppra, Epilem like if you know what that is shout out to you and I'm really sorry because they all taste disgusting um so yeah, I had I struggled with my epilepsy and I think I had um I had a lot of issues with epilepsy. I had a lot of issues with atopic dermatitis, which is just a fancy word for really, really, really bad eczema. Um and I think as I was going older, my parents kind of realized these are both very major issues, but my epilepsy was debilitating, like I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't do maths, like, I still can't do maths, but, like, I just, I had no, like, I couldn't concentrate, I didn't know what I was doing a lot of the time, and when I would have an epileptic seizure, I would just, my brain would turn off, and I I couldn't, I couldn't see flashing lights, I hated flashing lights, I didn't like looking at screens, I didn't like talking, I just wanted to be put in a dark room, and I wanted to sleep, and that's the kind of, it was called partial complex epilepsy. And um, I remember struggling with that for ages because I was like, I can't like go outside, like, because I'd be like outside with my sisters or something. And like, I feel a seizure coming on and I've had to run back inside and tell my mom, I'm like, I'm like, I feel sick. Um, And then fast forward to me having very, very bad dermatitis, like my skin was cracked. It was bleeding. Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, I bled through my school uniform like I think year seven to year nine was the worst because I had it was really bad and really really flared up really often and I remember the worst this is a bit graphic and gross but it was really uncomfortable at the time so at Tuesdays we had sports days in year eight and year nine um and my school was so strict they did not let us come to school in sports uniform we had to come in regular uniform and then get changed and we couldn't wear it throughout the rest of the day but here's the thing during winter we had stockings and the stockings um would stick to my skin and my skin would bleed and would peel off when I took off the stockings and it was like really bad and I think around that time you seven eight I was like I look like shit like I feel like shit I look like shit this isn't gonna get better and looking back now like retros- as someone now that has mental health issues, that has depression. I'm looking back and I'm like, I don't think that like 11, 12, 13 year old Tiara knew, but she was definitely depressed. And if I hadn't gone on the medication that I went on, then I probably would have gotten even worse. Um, Yeah. And then a whole bunch of stuff happened last year, but that could literally fit into a whole episode. And then additionally, um, 
my father passed away June 2020 and that was really really it still is really difficult um so I remember the day really well so my sister and I were coming back from the station and there were ambulance vehicles like blocking the street and my aunties uncles and cousins were outside of our house on the lawn and um I remember just being like something bad is happening something bad is going to happen I remember just thinking he's not going to make it and fast forward to when I found out he died they um they kind of put me and my family in a little room in the hospital and a social worker and another doctor came in and she looked at my mum and she kneeled down to her and she said I'm so sorry and from that moment onwards there was just an onslaught of sadness depression and anger and I struggled for months coming to terms with the passing of my father and I just fell into a deep depression and honestly I still do fall in and out of it but at the time it was just so nerve-wracking because it was my HSC year and I genuinely thought you know what fuck this I'm not gonna make it through HSC I'm not going to make it in general. I can't do this. I can't do this while grieving. I can't study while grieving. And then I just kept pushing through it because I knew I had work to do. But inside, I couldn't bear to proceed with the circumstances that I'd been given any longer. So yeah, I think that like June to... I want to say that November period was pretty bad. And the August. August was worse, but... Um, yeah, that is not the end of my mental health timeline, but that is without a doubt a fucking shitty time. But yeah, that's the end of the arduous bit. What about you, Basha? Is there anything else? I feel like so much of it is associated with my eating disorder and like, you know what? I might just end up talking about it here because another episode is another episode, but I guess I will dive into it. But I guess it progressively got worse throughout high school. Um, So ended up spending like a shitload of year 11 and 12 at the GP, to be quite honest, and like would end up leaving class early, would... I remember this happened a few times, but I was one of those kids who decided to do all the extensions or like, no, I did like three extensions or whatever in year 12, Um, which means that like my school had period zero. So you'd have to go in at like 7.55 and... I remember, especially in the first term of year 12, I would go in and I'd go in for the morning periods just for like my periods here and I'd have two freeze after that and I'd end up coming home because like I just wouldn't be able to like get through it. Like my body was just not able to sustain it. I was so anxious and like I think that's something that's like manifested, you know, kind of since then and it's something that I do need to work on and I have to say that I'm like a lot better with my relationship with food and exercise and all of that um but I would say that for me during year 12 and I think a lot of people around me told me this as well they were like you can work on your mental health and everything like post HSC just like get through the HSC and I think I I did that and like I really pushed hard for the HSC and I didn't even realize what I was doing to myself because it felt so natural after being in school for 13 years you kind of just adapt to this sense of like stress and like especially I think I found 
a lot of people at school as well quite stressed and like quite obsessed with their grades which made me very obsessed with my grades like every single grade was kind of just I guess my fuel that was my energy that was kind of what I was living off of so you can see how detrimental that can be um but we got through year 12 and then I remember during the summer holidays had like ended up having such a like a big relapse I guess into all my mental health issues because I was like oh well I mean it's year 12 is over I can chill now but for me chilling didn't mean like looking after myself it kind of meant regression and I think that's what I've really come to understand during last year especially like I guess it was a lot of time to work on mental health especially when we we're all in lockdown and it was really about finding people who I guess I know this is a really casual word but like people that I vibed with and people who had different vibes because I think that's something really really important um like I know that I struggled to talk about mental health with certain family members and struggled to talk about it with certain friends and just accepting that and moving on and not wanting people to always understand because they're not going to understand sometimes right you're going to have certain people in your life that you kind of can accept and that can't accept you for like all your things and you're going to have awkward conversations so like I just decided that I was going to leave certain topics and just let them be and that's kind of I know I'm going on like a philosophical rant but that I think was a really really big turning point for me and just like I guess struggles with <laughs> I don't even know just I guess feeling down and I think a lot of it was self-value self-confidence not feeling like I was needed or those kinds of things and I think a lot of it was internalized and working through that was really really important and I feel like now I'm in such a better place like I definitely do have my days where I'm extremely anxious I do have my days where I can't sleep like I've had a couple of days just this week where it's been really really hard to sleep because I feel so anxious but also just understanding that it's okay to reach out for help so things like I think it is sometimes hard to talk about medications and everything but like if you need to do that you need to do that and like if that works for you that works for you um I, d I don't think you should be I'm not gonna say like go to your GP and ask for meds or anything like that but like I think there can be people around you saying you know don't do this don't do that but you know what you need to do and making sure that you have people to talk to and those kinds of things is has been my realization like you don't need to bottle it up and you don't need to feel guilty about talking about your problems because I think that's something a lot of us experience and we feel like we feel weak and I think we might dive into this later but being a person of color and dealing with mental health stigma was extremely difficult it sometimes felt like I couldn't tell anyone because of that and or like the people I could tell weren't the right people I guess sometimes like I needed I needed to tell certain people and I felt like I couldn't and I think working on that and actually approaching the issue because sometimes those people that you feel like you can't tell you can't tell um and it's just about having those conversations and at the end of the day they are going to come around and I know that's not always the case and I'm very lucky to have had that happen and you know having more people to talk to about it now but I think those were some of the revelations that I had and and yes I I don't know if that was just a massive ramble no, but that was I feel helpful. like it's so so difficult to unpack it is and I'm really proud that we just did that I know I I just like I wish I'd reached out more though because I remember throughout my HSC and like 
I would always get sick and even like all of last year like I would get sick so many times because of my anxiety like I remember I had my advanced English exam the second one so they're on consecutive days so you have your first one and then your second one and I thought I was so 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 sick and I went to the doctor did all of that and the doctor was like no I think you're okay like I think you're fine a lot of people don't get that yeah and he was just like maybe you're just a bit stressed like do some yoga and I was like bro I've like tried deep breathing I've tried yoga none of those things are working and like to finally understand that that was just my anxiety was so, like a really big step for me I don't know I don't know if that made any sense at all I hope so- that helped someone out there but yes oh no it like it made so much sense because what a lot of people don't understand is when you're so mentally tired and so and it, your anxiety is just so high you can literally make yourself sick mm. and it's not just like mentally sick like telling yourself you don't want to do this or yeah like it's no you can literally make yourself sick no exactly like with your mental health issues are that bad and I found like physically sick yeah yeah and I found a lot of that crossed over with things that my eating disorder has caused so like obviously like not for all of us but for some of us we'll struggle with like digestive issues or anything like that not to get to TMI here but honestly I do want to talk about this because it's not a big deal to have digestive issues. Like, so many girls have it. So many people have it in general. But, like, for me, that intersects a lot with my anxiety. And that makes life even more difficult. Because it's, like, my day-to-day life. Right? And, like, I'm like, oh, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And then suddenly it, like, becomes a disordered thing. So, it's just, like, all of these things cross over so much. And it's really hard to kind of unravel and be, like, it's hard. To, these are things that I want to box up right? I want to be able to box up each issue that I have and be like, okay, here's a solution, here's a solution, here's a solution, but it's not that easy. Mm, oh, yeah, I get that. So Vasha and I went on the NTBC Instagram page and we asked a bunch of people um, questions. So on our Insta poll, we asked, has your mental health ever been discredited or labeled as disingenuous? And 90% of you said yes, it has. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's really, that's so sad. That makes me really angry. But um, I have a little, here is, okay, so this is just, sorry, interject, little story. No, times. go on. Um, basically, when I was first diagnosed with depression, like straight after my dad died, I told no one because um it was even I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm just sad that my dad passed. <laughs> no, like I was sad actually, I was yeah. Said exactly. I was like certifiably diagnosed by a GP yeah. and a psychologist, depressed, mm. and just because I didn't show any stock standard signs of depression doesn't mean I was actually depressed. Mm. Um, doesn't mean I was not depressed. You know, um, and I think my turning point was when someone, a family member of mine said um we were out to lunch and I don't remember the context of the conversation I think I asked her how she was and I was like oh yeah like and when she asked me I was like oh yeah I'm gonna go out with a friend or something and then she said just because your dad is gone doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want right okay and I was like um Yep, well aware of the fact, and I think that kind of, I literally, I think my response to that was nothing, because I'm just like, how could you say that to me? Like, 
that mm, is very... That's fucked. It was just really fucked, honestly. And I don't hold that against her. No, but I think it's hard when it's from family. Yeah. And I think it was and... just one of those instances where she doesn't know, like, she just word vomited. No, 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 I get that. Because that's happened as well. And, like, I think it's just difficult because... I don't know if this is just a thing as, like, a person of colour especially, but I feel like I'd always hear a lot of stories about how people would reach out to their family when they were dealing with mental health issues, and that's not something that I felt like, like, I guess, like, my direct family, yes, but not, like, extended all the time. Like, no, that that was not something that I wanted to discuss, and I felt like it would be misunderstood a lot, and I think those are really, really normal feelings, Especially, like, mm. with a lot of friends I know as well. They're like, no, no, I don't talk about this shit with, like, with anyone. I don't talk about it with my yeah, family, anyone. at least. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I don't think I started talking about my mental health problems with my family until very recently. I don't really talk about it with my extended. Like, I'm quite close with my mom, which I'm very lucky for. Um, and she's, like, my, like, go-to person. I'm like, I'm feeling down. I'm having a breakdown. Aww. Let's cry. Comfort me. Um, like, definitely go-to person. Extremely lucky. But even there, like, there definitely have been struggles. And it's something that I need to remember that, like, they've been born into such a different context of, like, where eating disorders and anxiety were not words that existed, right? So hmm. I think when you're a child of, you know, parents who have immigrated to another country where, like, values and diagnosis and all of those things are so different and mental health is looked at in such a different way, it is really, really difficult to adapt. Like, I can't imagine being my mom and, like, having to adapt to that. I find I think I'd find it quite difficult. So, like... Mm. I think sometimes I know it's really, really hard when you're in that dark place, but like understanding their reactions, I guess, and seeing like, I guess trying to put yourself in their shoes almost. But like what you had told to you at that time must have been extremely hard and definitely wasn't fair. Mm, yeah, and I don't hold any resentment against her. I think that they just have a way of communicating that wouldn't be received well by others, especially, it depends, especially in that context, um, in that situation. But um, on that note, we're going to go to the first question that we asked on the Insta stories. So one of the first, the first question is, how has your mental health affected you? Um, this one, I think, is really, yeah, a lot of people said stuff like body image, health issues, Oh, something that I really sympathise with is someone said, it ruined my grades, my ability to socialise and my ability to simply enjoy the moment. And I felt that very deeply because when you're in such, when you're in such a state of not even chaos, but dismay and just significant sadness, you can't, like there could be, I could be surrounded by my entire friendship group who I love and I'm very lucky to have, but I could just inside be so mentally drained and I just can't enjoy the moment. It's crazy. No, I get that because, sorry, there's a train going past. <laughs> oh my God, hurry up. Um, That's okay. How cool is it that we both live in front of train stations, by the way? I, I love it. We're really living our best lives. So close to a train station. Hell yeah. <laughs> but 
I completely understand that because I remember when I was in high school, like, I genuinely thought all my friends hated me. Like, I thought that they hated me, that they didn't want me there, that I just should not exist. I'm a bit dark, I'm sorry, but, like, I thought that and I thought my family hated me. I thought every single person in my life hated me. It, it ruined my grades as well. Um, okay, so I remember... I was doing a maths exam in like year 11 or 12, no, year 11, and instead of being able to think about the numbers on that page, I was thinking about the calories of my food, like that's how bad it got, because like mm. that, like my entire mind was consumed with that, and it was so frustrating, and like, I remember after that exam, I was like, I'm, that's never happening again, like I'm never going to be in that state, because I think like what really got me through year 12 in a like somewhat okay state actually was telling myself that I didn't want to have a single regret after. I didn't want to use anything as a scapegoat and just be like, oh, because of that, I couldn't do this because I know I would regret that for the rest of my life. So yeah, no, I just, that was on a tangent, but I completely agree with what they said. The toxic capitalist ideal of productivity has been the main source of a lot of my mental health struggles. I think that's so true, especially, okay, I, I hate to pull the, especially when you're South Asian card, but it's true. Right? Oh, Isn't no, it not true that it. when you're brown, you're just like, like, just work, work, work? I think that's like a lot of Asia. Because mm. like my entire friend group was like that, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And like, I, in my mind, I was always like, that's never going to be me. Like, I am not like that. And to be quite honest, I was never one of those people who studied 24-7 or anything like that. Because when I was in year 11 and 12, I joined the climate movement at that time. So, like, I I really told myself that at the end of this year, at the end of my two years of this, I don't want to only have to say that, like, I did a HSC. That's not what I want it to be. Like, I want to say that I did other things and, like, I had a life. Not saying that if you're dedicated to your studies, you don't have a life. Not at all. But I think... Like, that was, that was kind of how I rebelled against my family and everything. So, like, you need to study, you need good grades. Like, do extracurriculars, but, like, take it more chill. And I was like, no, I'm going hardcore. I'm going to have climate meetings every night. But I think I kind of internalized toxic productivity and that need to continuously work through my climate stuff as well as school, as well as, like, working a part-time job, as well as doing a bit of music, as well as, like, doing this and that. And that's how it became and only now reflecting on it do I realize that I was just as bad as everyone else I wasn't special just because I didn't study 24 7 yeah and that's really like I think yeah and that's just it's just honestly it's glorified in South Asian kids or just South Asia Mm -hmm. in general because I know especially like I saw my mum and dad work their entire lives I saw my sisters work their entire lives and I was like you know what I can do that too I can work and I can you know, get money and I can do things for myself because they do it. But then I also have mates and they know who they are. But <laughs> I have mates who are like just so, so productive. And I'm like, babes, sit down. Like, mm. and we could once again do an entire episode on hustle culture. But I have friends who are just like, oh, let's. really productive. And you and I'm like, babe, sit down. Like, it's. Yeah. There's no point in working. Like, you can only work... Your mind can... Like, you can only work so much, right? Yeah. For me, I would say all of my friends are very, like, what you would classify as productive people. Mm. 
So it's hard. It's hard because your entire circle is just that. Yeah, I've never, I think it's just because until recently, I've never realized how bad that was because I was just like, okay, mm. yeah, me and my friends, good workers, like good work ethics, um, blah, blah, blah. But then you kind of realize you're like, oh, wait, like maybe we should just, you know, sit down, take a breath, relax. Yeah, no, but even, okay, so I was talking to like one of my best friends today and and I was telling her that even self-care is a productive thing like and and I think I definitely do fall into this sometimes that that today was a very self-care day for me because I was like I just need a day and I woke up and like I did my stretches I like went on a walk I had my tea I journaled I did all of those things and that is part of a self-care routine you have a routine for everything you can't get away from that one person also talked about having OCD symptoms their entire life, mm. but didn't start getting treatment until it got severe. Mm. What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't know many people that have OCD, but I do believe that... Mm. Um, I don't know. I, it might have been one of those, like, you know, work through it until you get over it. And it may have been something that that may have been a kind of... You know how we put off some things until we just can't ignore them? I I don't think it usually is that, though. I feel like you don't have validation until it gets really bad. Yeah. Because I, I know for me, until it got to a point where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not functioning very well at this point. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, on the surface, I don't seem like a normal person at this point, whatever normal is. That's when... I think people around me started noticing that's when I really was like yeah we need to do something about this but I think it's that idea not even of like the specific issue whether it be like OCD or whatever but like not getting help or like not reaching out until it passes a certain threshold even though there is no threshold like if you're sick if you're not feeling well you are not feeling well you don't need to be feeling a certain bad a level of bad I guess. One person also talked about activism, dropping out of college because of corona, doing too many things at the same time and feeling overwhelmed. And I, yeah, I relate. I ended up taking a couple less subjects, actually, um, for a couple semesters at uni because I was like, I think that'll help. And I feel like I'm finally at a point where I can just go back to like a normal amount of subjects. And I, I think that's quite difficult because even when I was taking less, I felt like I had to fill up my spare time, my free time, using massive quotation marks there, with other things, just because I was doing a couple of subjects. So I feel like that is kind of hard to deal with. How do you feel about that, especially during the pandemic? I don't know, the pandemic has been really weird for me, like navigating through relationships and um, kind of because we did, like, we had that, I don't know, we had that, like, like, what, two months of, like, normal, n- like, normality? Was it two months? Mm. Yeah, and then it was... Yeah, no, it wasn't long. very long. It wasn't it was very more long. like a second. <laughs> it was. And then everything just shut down, and I was like, uh, you know what, that's fine. But, um, I was reading another, it was, like, one thing that I found really difficult to do during lockdown is navigating through a relationship like a romantic relationship she said she's an extrovert so it's really difficult not to see people and I get that I get that a hundred percent I say that a hundred percent a lot but I do I get it a hundred percent 
as an extrovert, you kind of just like, I just, I want nothing more than to like catch a train to Vasha's house and walk to her house and just like eat with her. Like, I just want to like, it's just like, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard, you know, as an extrovert. I am definitely an introvert though. So, but even for me, lockdown at one point, it's just like, I can't, but I think a lot of me definitely does thrive off of lockdown in a way. And I think going back to the real mm. world and having to socialize does kind of stress me out because I think there's a part of me that's so adjusted of like, I'm going to have my walk at this time and I'm going to have like, and I'm going to do this at this time and etc. So I think going back to a point where it's like, you're going to have spontaneous social catch ups and everything is a little bit daunting in some way. And I know that that's such a selfish thing to say, it feels like, because so many people have it extremely difficult during lockdown, like financially, mentally, everything. But yeah, that, that's kind of how I've been feeling lately. Yeah, and that's normal, and that is fine, and that is valid. That's just, it will affect everyone differently, obviously. Um, moving on to the next question, we asked you guys, how do you kind of cope during lockdown, or just in general, when it comes to mental health? A lot of people said um, exercising, watching TV, um, logging off, journaling, um, meditation, and exercise. Mm. What do you do, Tiara? Um, I talk to my friends. I talk to my family. I go on walks. I sing. I play piano. Oh, my gosh, I have a piano right now. Oh, it is so, I'm so happy I have a piano. Um, so I sing and I play piano. Um, what about you? What do you do? Um, exercising definitely helps sometimes. Although sometimes I feel like it can be... I feel like trying to plan things in my day can sometimes cause me a little bit of stress. So just like trying to step away from that and being like, if I just want to sit and read all day, then I just want to do that. Or I love like editing little videos. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, your little Insta reels are very, 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 very Um, good. And I feel like it's, it's becoming a bit annoying, but... I'm doing it for myself, so it's fine. If you don't want to follow me, do I love them. Thank you. I love them. Um, but, yeah, I love that. I definitely love talking to some family members or friends. Um, like, stretching kind of helps. Journaling, that's something that I've gotten into lately, and I've been loving it. It's just a really nice way. Like, I do a couple of journal prompts, um, and then I'll just kind of go off of that. So, yeah, that's and walks my friend said I was like a dog one she's like you need to have your daily walk and I genuinely do like without it I'm not me same oh my I'm God. not Varsha yeah literally you're not Varsha without what's that thing that's like you're not you without not Varsha your... without a walk yeah you're not you without your blank and mine is Snickers she's not Varsha without oak? her walks yeah is it oak oh yeah the Snickers oh. no it's Snickers. Oh, Snickers you're not you it... without your Snickers oh it. yeah you're not you when you're hungry. That's it. There we go. You're That's not you. Well, I am not me when go. I'm hungry too, but also without my walks, not me. <laughs> yeah. So additionally, we asked you guys, what is something you would tell your younger self if you could talk to them right now? Um, Vasha, do you want to read out some responses? Sure thing. Okay, so one person said and a lot of them were really similar so I feel like it's kind of nice to know that you're all feeling similarly and that this isn't something that you're struggling with alone obviously not to invalidate you but yeah one person said even if people deny your feelings are valid so yeah completely agree I wish I'd told my younger self that mm. 
someone said that I would have liked to be told that I wasn't alone and that it was normal for people to feel the way that I feel. Mm. Mm. Oh, literally what we just yeah, said. Yeah, literally what we just said. Someone just said chill um, and not compare yourself to others. My body is beautiful the way it is and I shouldn't think twice. Completely agree. Damn right it is. Damn right it is. Yeah, diet culture sucks, mate. Um, be easier on yourself. Agree. You should be much easier on yourself. Um, so I'm actually, I'm going to throw that, Vasha, I'm going to throw yeah. that question back to you. What is something you would like to tell your younger self? That it's going to get better and like it's all temporary mm. and that's something that I'm able to recognize now. And I think it's really important that when you're struggling with a rough day, don't, I know, I think you should try and like make yourself happier and like more content, obviously, but there's no such thing as being happy all the time. Like you can be mm. content but you're not going to be happy every single moment. And if you're having a really shit day and you, you and you don't want to get out of bed and, you know, you're just not really feeling it, let yourself have that day and be like, okay, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to get better. Forgive yourself for feeling that way and, like, just let yourself have a bit of patience. I was listening to this podcast, goes without saying, amazing podcast, but they were talking about just having patience and being able to forgive yourself. And I think that's so important because... I think we're really hard on ourselves when we're burnt out or depressed or anxious or anything like that. And it's okay to feel like that sometimes and you're going to have those days. What about you, Tiara? If seven-year-old Tiara was right in front of me right now, um, I'd probably hug her. <laughs> I'd probably tell her that irrespective of whatever struggle you do endure, it will probably be painful, whether it be your health, your eczema, your epilepsy, and you're going to feel like absolute shit. And this is really a cliche but it is so true i can't express to you how true mm. it is that there is so much more for you to look forward to and so much more left to live like there's just like honestly you're gonna get to a certain age um and you're gonna be like yeah. oh, you're gonna actually no screw that you're gonna get to a certain time in your life and you're gonna be like you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like hmm that was shit but yeah i remember kind of like it was my birthday party actually Vasha <laughs> Vasha was there yeah she was there she was there she was I she was, was there. there um yeah I think it was my birthday party and I think we were like in the second bedroom and I put the disco light on and like my uh, family like yeah and all my cousins were outside like Avani, Seth, Yannick and all those people and like Ilhan and Ranga were all outside playing games and I just put all of my friends in the room and we started listening to music and I was like you know what <laughs> this is such a good moment and I'm genuinely so happy and like mm -hmm. you know 18 year old Tiara who was struggling would have regretted so much if she couldn't have lived this moment or if she you know didn't do what she did to lead her here like you know what she you know what I mean like it's just like it's yeah. just like you have your you, you get those moments and you're like you know what worth it actually struggle hard but you, you get to those moments and you're like worth it like there's just yeah. so much that in life that you open your eyes one day and you're really grateful for I totally agree with that there's there's so many times where I've been like I'm so glad to be in this moment yeah. right now and like just acknowledge it and okay well we've been on quite a journey through this episode I hell yeah we have <laughs> Yeah, I I hope if you're like if you're struggling with anything, please reach out for help. There's always help. We'll link some like lifeline 
links and stuff in our description as well so please check that out and also check in on your friends and your family and just people mm -hmm. around you because these are some pretty tough times that we're living through. I feel like life is already tough, but a pandemic on top makes it a little bit more difficult. So I just wanted to finish off with asking Tiara a fun little question. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's been the favorite moment of your life? So far, um, top three. Okay. My niece's birth so Zelly's birth Bella's birth and then can I say something really dumb my 19th birthday party no like, why is it dumb I'm so happy <laughs> because I was it. just it seems it was fun it was so fun I don't know all I all the people I loved were just in one room and I was like you know what it was it, it was a bit of it was a moment for me after a tumultuous year mm. what about you um I okay so I asked you this question but I don't know the answers myself um probably just like one of those days where I like just kind of chilled and like I went to the park and I ride and I got lunch and I don't know a nice sunset had a nice cup of tea in the morning like that is what makes me so incredibly happy like it makes my heart so happy mm. um there's just so many times with friends and family that could also make that list I honestly don't know I'm just gonna go with a day by myself so I don't leave anyone else out um <laughs> what gave me joy um was doing that so I'm just gonna say that wasn't maybe the top moment of my life but it was definitely very very happy moment of my life and I'm having those days a lot more so I'm proud yeah, of myself those are the best kind of days I'm really proud of you too baby I'm proud of you too and I hope whoever's listening now that you're proud of yourself for coming this far for listening to this episode about such a heavy topic mm, and for coming this far in life in general literally mm. okay um, well, we, we've talked and talked. I hope you're doing well. Sending you love if you're in lockdown. If you're not in lockdown, wherever you are. And we shall see you next week. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye.